anything to do with the environment and land use, it has to go back to the people and they make that final decision. Because we have got a growing number of smallholders in the oil palm industries, we want to also give them the benefit of going direct to a buyer. Hello and welcome to this mini-series by Global Landscapes Forum, where we'll be learning about five transformative projects in the Food Systems, Land Use and Restoration Impact Programme. Hello, my name is Eden Flaherty for Global Landscapes Forum. I'm here with Kay Kalim, the Director of Special Environmental Projects for the Conservation and Environment Protection Authority for the Government of Papua New Guinea. Thank you very much for joining us here today. To start with, agriculture has a very large role in the economy of Papua New Guinea, more specifically palm oil, coffee and cocoa, which have boomed in recent years. Could you tell me a bit about any consequences that this increase in production has had? Papua New Guinea was part of those very high cash crop producing country in the past. Until recently, we had a big downfall in especially production of cocoa when we had this um, civil unrest in the island of Bougainville that impacted on the production. And so we are now no longer in the first five or so countries anymore. We have been um, down, but we are trying to pick up in the area of cocoa production. But again, we have been hit very badly with cocoa borer disease. So we are managing that, but we need to replant mm -hmm. most of the plantations again. So currently only smallholders are working towards that. But um, all farm, we're managing it at that level because it's more plantation-driven arrangement, which a lot of smallholders are feeding the mills within the country to ensure that the production level is maintained. So basically, yes, we're doing that. Moving to the Fuller project specifically, it aims to help support more sustainable agricultural policies. What might these look like? Well, for the past couple of years, we never had really had a national land use policy. So that in a way also impacted on the productions now, because back then when the government was trying to ensure that majority of these production lines were sustained, it was difficult because in Papua New Guinea context, the land tenure is very difficult process. We tend to feel that being a Papua New Guinean, I am a landowner. Mm -hmm as we say. And so being a landowner means I have the portion of a land that's directly under me. So in terms of production at the bigger level, if a company is coming in to invest, we have to go through a process of land tenure, and that's difficult. So what the government has done was to use the communities to be part of the production line. So there's a lot of smallholder communities whether it's family-oriented or community-oriented, but it's more smallholders and they then feed into the mainstream processing line. And that's basically how the oil palm industry developed from the beginning. It was more giving the opportunity to smaller holders to grow and then feed their mills and eventually they have their own plantations now. But the cocoa plantations are still smallholder 
supported arrangement. There's no big plantations. Uh, so they feed, uh, they process and they feed the uh, export line. Yeah. When these policies for more sustainable agriculture are developed, what are some of the challenges you think you might face? We have tried to, especially the national land use policy, has taken us more than 10 years for it to come into uh, enforcement now. So we've just got that in place last year. So we've been independent since 1975, and even then we never had a national land use policy in place. Our Department of uh, Lands and Fiscal Planning have attempted a couple of times, and they failed until only recently that we've got one. So looking at development of policies, we we have to deal with the people in the communities because anything to do with environment and land use, it has to go back to the people and they make that final decision. So that's that's how it took us many years before it came into fruition. But um, with that in place, now we can be able to manage some of these activities done by the communities and maybe through this program as well. Um, the land use planning is probably a big area that we need to tackle now in so far as the uh, global best practice, how can we now impart that to the communities in the project sites that we're gonna be rolling this program out. So hopefully we will have a win-win situation. Just looking ahead, if you take one of those commodities, whether it would be palm oil or cocoa, what would a sustainable value chain for that commodity look like to you? We've tried this process in looking at cocoa when we did the global environment facility, the photo allocation, um, we worked with a, a community who has been doing smallholder production. And we came to an arrangement with a buyer in Japan who had asked us to get them to meet their requirements, which we we had to go through a long process in order for us to achieve that. And they had a direct export to that buyer. We would like to do the same through this process to ensure that because we've got a growing number of smallholders in the oil palm industries, we want to also give them the benefit of going direct to a buyer mm -hmm. rather than going through the current two big um, buyers in country. We'd rather give them that opportunity to go direct. So how can this program best arrange for such to take place. And that's to us can be sustained because there's a lot of communities now doing those two cash crops, cocoa and oil palm. Fantastic, thank you. Um, I guess finally, is there anything else you'd like to mention about the projects specifically or anything more broadly? Well, uh, I guess for Papua New Guinea, it's quite different from the rest of the world uh, in the sense that our land tenure arrangement we tend to feel that we are associated to the land. And so anything or everything that needs to be done globally needs to be tested out with the communities in the project sites. And if it's user-friendly to them, then we could allow, but we would not necessarily uh, push them to accept, but allow them to trial it and accept. And I think the best way for the national government to do is take them through a process, especially to understand and appreciate why we are doing land use planning and why landscape is important to an individual and how they could manage their own landscape by allowing such development to be 
there as well as their village community and especially the traditional gardening, subsistence gardening is part of our daily living. So maybe that is something that we need to trade off with them. Mm -hmm.